and welcome to Dr. Me First. I'm here with a solo cast today. That's right, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and coach in life. And I'm coming at you today talking all about fear. I'm bringing two of my most favorite texts, some of my best exercises, and we are going to tackle and take on the fear in our lives. And it might be a little bit different than what you're expecting, but hey, go with me with it and see if you can glean some nuggets of goodness out of it. Okay, here we go. All right, the two texts that I am going to be referencing out of today is Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear with Elizabeth Gilbert, and The Art of Fear, Why Conquering Fear Won't Work and What to Do Instead with Kristen Omer. If you've been listening to me for half a second, you know these are two of my like uber idols that I love. (laughs) And I have taken their work, absorbed it osmotically, wrapped my nerdy science brain around it. But at the core is a lot of their words and a lot of their philosophies. So I just want to give them credit for this fear talk today. So let's get into Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic book. And I want to read to you. It's on page 25. If you have the book, pull it out. And this is her letter that she wrote to fear. And because of this letter, it's actually one of the exercises that I now make so many of my coaching clients do. Okay, so here it goes. Dear Fear, creativity and I are about to go on a road trip together. I understand you'll be joining us because you always do. I acknowledge that you believe you have an important role to do in my life and that you take your job seriously. Apparently, your job is to induce complete panic whenever I'm about to do anything interesting. And May I say you are superb at your job. So by all means, keep doing your job if you must. But I will also be doing my job on this road trip, which is to work hard and stay focused. And creativity will be doing its job, which is to remain stimulating and inspiring. There's plenty of room in the vehicle for all of us. So make yourself at home, but understand this. Creativity and I are the only ones who will be making any decisions along the way. I recognize and respect that you are part of this family, and so I will never exclude you from our activities, but still, your suggestions will never be followed. You're allowed to have a seat, and you're allowed to have a voice, but you are not allowed to have a vote. You are not allowed to touch the roadmaps. You're not allowed to suggest detours. You're not allowed to fiddle with the temperature. Dude, you're not even allowed to touch the radio. But above all else, my dear old familiar friend, you are absolutely forbidden to drive. <laughs> I love that letter that she had written in Big Magic and the first time that I had heard her talk about it on a podcast because um, it made so much sense to me. And so now how I talk to people and how I want to talk to you about fears, I think about fear buckling it up in my minivan in a car seat in the very rearmost portion of the van and saying, hey, we're going on a trip and you're going with us. And you can yell and scream and throw things as much as you want, but you're still going on the trip with us, but you're not driving. (laughs) Can anybody relate to that? But it's so empowering to be able to talk to fear in that way that like, hey, you are a part of this family, but you're not the driver, nor are you in the passenger seat. 
You're just in the mini man along with us. Because so many times in my own life, fear got to be the driver. Fear took us in some crazy, weird, off-the-road places, hiding in a cave because it was dictating the course of my life. And so now thinking about fear as just one of many who gets to come along has made my life super empowering. And along those same lines, talking about fear, the next text, The Art of Fear, How Conquering Fear Won't Work and What to Do Instead with Kristen Omer, who is a retired extreme skier, if you follow anything like that. But I heard her talking a couple of years ago when her book first came out about the monster in the basement. And actually, this past week, we just did that module in Burnt Out to Badass. See, I told you I love this so much. It's so integrated into my work. Okay, so let me tell you about the monster in the basement. You know when you want to avoid or another big word, repress fear because you don't want to feel it? It's kind of like when you get something, you just throw it in your closet or you throw it down the basement steps because you don't want to deal with it. Kristen Omer talks about when you start to experience fear, it's kind of like a small little monster that you just say like, go to the dark places. I don't want to deal with you right now. You're really uncomfortable. You make me frustrated. Like, go away. And she talks about throwing it down the basement. And my analogy of the proverbial basement is kind of the same thing. I remember in medical school when I had the creeping doubts and the fear of like, is this really what I want? And instead of exploring the pesky question, I just shoved that monster down the basement stairs and slammed the door. But what happens is the door keeps popping open at the most random, inopportune times. And each time he's a little bit bigger and a little bit hairier and a little bit scarier and says, like, are you sure you really want to do this? Is this really, really what you want to do? And eventually, like any ignored issue, it gets too big for the basement and there's no keeping the door shut. And then you just have to deal with all the junk that's gone on dealt with for years and years and years. And so this is where I have many of my people start dealing like, what's your biggest problem? What's your biggest struggle? What's your biggest monster right now? And maybe there's a couple of them and they're equal sizes, but pick the one that's biggest and heaviest and hairiest. And I want you to really like personify it. And what does it look like? What does it do to you? How does it make you feel? All those sort of thing. And I even give them a drawing exercise or to go find a picture of of what the, the monster really looks like in the face. Because instead of hiding from it, when you name it, that's when you gain some freedom around it. And so that's also when you get some of your power back. Because we all have dark shadows where fear and anger and shame and sadness and guilt are hiding. But the remedy for that is love, joy, compassion, and gratitude. And not just those things for other people, love, joy, compassion, gratitude for other people, but love, joy, compassion, and gratitude for ourselves, and also for those things that we've been hiding back. So let me read a little bit about what Kristen says in her book. Okay, so I love drawing the picture of the monster, and then the next step from that is actually having a conversation with your fear monster. And I did steal this from Kristen. So here's one of her conversations that she calls the voice of fear. She says, me, who am I speaking to? Fear says, I'm fear. Hello. Well, it's nice to meet you. What's your job in this area? Fear says, my job is to be afraid. She says, what are you afraid of? 
Well, today, I'm afraid that the self will waste her entire day procrastinating. It's snowing outside and the steps aren't shoveled, so I'm also afraid of injury. I'm afraid the cat will pee on the rug and then just that's just the small stuff, but there's no end in sight for the things I'm afraid of. She says, what's life like for you? Fear says, well, it's been rough. Not only is my job to be afraid, which is one of the most uncomfortable, important jobs to do for you, but she doesn't like me. No one likes me, actually. I've lived most of my life in the basement since she was really young. It's cramped and dark and cold down here. I feel desperate most of the time. I scream and I yell a lot to get attention. Mostly I'm afraid that she won't let me speak or that she won't let me listen. She says, how does it feel physically to be you living in the basement? Fear says, I feel stressed out, anxious, constricted, frustrated, like I want to scream. Because of all of this, I get quite tired and thus so does the self. I'm sad too, pained, unloved, and I'm really angry. I'm even afraid of myself, which is kind of weird. How could she do this to me? Her, are you really so bad? Fear, no. I feel really misunderstood. Really, I'm here to help, not to hurt. She says, do you have her best interests in mind? Fear says, certainly, but she doesn't trust me. No one does. I know I'm uncomfortable to have around, and I've been a real jerk from down here, given the circumstances in the basement. If I retreated better, though, I wouldn't have to act so weird, nor would I feel so bad. I wish the self would see that. I would like to be of service, like I'm supposed to be. I really do have so much to offer. She says, what do you want or need in order to thrive? And Fear says, I would like to be a welcome, honored part of her life that would make me feel so much better, calm, less anxious. If we got along, we could be so magnificent together. And I remember the first time that I was reading this conversation, I was just like, wow. And so now I do that exact same thing. And I want you to do the exact same thing. I want you to sit down and try to think about your fear monster, what it looks like, and then think about sitting down at your kitchen table or bar or comfy sofa and have a conversation with that big monster. Maybe you give them some tea or some hot chocolate or some snacks and you guys just kind of get there and get cozy and have a real honest conversation about how fear is feeling, how you feel in relation to fear, kind of hash it out. Because when you do that, it's amazing what actually comes up. So another cool thing that Kristen Omer talks about is the different stages of fear. And so she calls stage one, the ignore, repress, and judge stage and says, whatever you repress becomes your repressor. This is powerful to me because as I think about the monster in the basement that fear has become at times in my life, the very thing that I was trying to trap and keep under wraps was actually trapping me. She also says, if you avoid something, you make your life about avoiding that thing. That has been a really powerful statement for me. Let me read it again. If you avoid something, you make your life about avoiding that thing. And I don't know about you, but I don't know. I don't want my life to be about avoiding fear, about setting it up so much that that I'm always in avoidance mode. But it 
does have truth to that. I think about so many times stories I've listened to of people told me why they've gone into medicine and, and why they've stayed in medicine. Usually those reasons aren't aligned. We went into medicine to help and heal, but we stay in medicine to um, make money because it's too uncomfortable to leave or change. And we really are avoiding dealing with things. The other quote that she says in this stage one about ignoring, repressing, and judging is, whatever you won't look at is your key to the freedom. Let me say that again. Whatever you won't look at is your key to freedom. And I think fear has a big component of that. If we're not going to look at what makes us afraid and fearful, is it because there's some truth in it? I don't know. But I think it's a really good quote. Okay, so that's stage one. Stage two, she said, coming to a higher level whenever you're doing this work around fear is to acknowledge fear is normal and natural and every human has it and there's no permanent way to be fearless. She says, typically experience fear for somewhere between 10 and 90 seconds and though it feels like it's gonna kill us, it won't. So acknowledging in stage two that fear is normal. Going up another level when you're doing this fear work is when you can actually feel the fear, that you can sit with the sensation of discomfort of what fear brings in your body. She does a really great job in this book of helping tease out the mind from the body, from the thinking self, all the different parts if you like the psychology behind that. But in a recent episode with Dr. Katrina Ubell, she talked about the mind and the body being conjoined twins. And I like to think about it this way now, because if you get out of the mind and you really get into the body and feeling the sensations of discomfort and feeling what fear is, then you're actually using the body for what it was made to do. The body was made for sensations. But as humans, we like to stay in our mind. Which, if you can get comfortable with stage three, you can go into stage four, which is using the body as a bridge to go into fear. So no longer repressing it or ignoring it or saying it's not natural and not feeling it, but actually sitting with the discomfort, knowing it's okay. And then like fear in that conversation had, you can get to a place of welcome and honoring and using fear for its higher purpose, which is to teach us. So just a cool thing that she talks about in there. So let's talk a little bit then how we can start switching how fear shows up in our life, how we can use it more wisely. You know, fear's never going to go away. So how about we live our life differently? So these are all Aaronisms. Number one, stop the energy drain that you're having in your life that you're using to suppress or fight fear. And it will free up so much more mental space and energy for you to have. Seriously. Because again, thinking back to those quotes from Kristen Ulmer, if you're avoiding something, then your life is all about avoiding it and you're dumping all your energy into avoiding it. It's kind of like in burnout. So many times when I was living in my burnout and helping other people in their burnout, when you're burned out, you're just trying not to be burned out. (laughs) And it gets you nowhere. You're just spinning in a circle. And so how you can stop that energy drain is to stop ignoring, is to stop suppressing, 
is to stop throwing the monster down the basement stairs. But instead, like I said, using these exercises, personify your fear monster. What does it look like? What does it feel like? How's it show up? Have a conversation with it, knowing that fear is absolutely normal and nothing has gone wrong here if you're experiencing fear. And then learning to sit with the discomfort of the fear feelings in your body. And again, knowing like nothing is wrong here. This is what the body is supposed to do. It is supposed to feel. It is supposed to have sensations. It is absolutely a-okay. Number two, what I want you to do when it comes to using fear more wisely is feel the fear instead of thinking about the fear. Because that's instantly what we want to do. Fear comes up. We're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then we start trying to like analyze it, understand it, and say like, what goes wrong with it? And I want you to go there. I literally want you to take deep breaths and think about taking deep breaths. And then using, if you haven't heard of my CT body scan, I'll walk you through it here in a minute, but using the CT body scan and trying to find where the feelings are in your body. Maybe it's something weird. It's like in the bottom of your big toe. Maybe it's like surrounding your heart and your pericardium. I don't know. But that's where it's important to have some kind of technique or some kind of way where you can get back in touch with your body. Believe you me, for like over a decade, I totally tried to ignore all the sensations in my body and like, oh, I don't have time for that. I can't deal with that. I got really, really good to the point that I literally had a bladder that could hold over a liter of urine in it that I could go way too long without eating without sleeping, because I was ignoring all the signals until I utterly crashed. And I'm still having the repercussions from that crash. And so getting into your body can be a really scary thing when you haven't done it for so long. So the CT body scan that I was talking about, I developed when I started going with my best friend to some yoga classes. And I love the intensity of the yoga and the sweating and the stretching. And I just felt so good. But it was terrible when I got to the Shavasana part. I was laying on the floor, mind wandering, like wanting to look at the clock, see how much longer. I'm looking around, looking at all these happy yogis in Shavasana. And I was like, I don't get it. I hate this. I want to leave. And so again, my nerdy brain needed to change things. So I started to imagine myself laying on a CT gantry and about going through the CT scanner and looking at my teeny tiny slices of myself as I was scrolling through. And of course I did different fields, you know, (laughs) I looked at it AP, I looked at it from right, left, all, all the good things. And even now, sometimes I'll even put contrast in my CT, but that's, that's a whole other side. (laughs) But using that thought of like scanning down through your body and really do being like, okay, are we doing a fast scan where we're not going to have very good resolution or are we getting really slow and getting really good pictures and then visually thinking about going through my body. And I even still sometimes pull up those pictures I have memorized from netters from med school and think about the structures that are in my body and then using that both the thoughts of that, but then really tapping into like, oh, what's happening under my sternum here or xiphoid process or periumbilical or lumbar sacral junction going all the way down through that. It's actually kind of nerdy fun. I'm not going to lie. But anyway, 
That's the CT scan, a body scan that I'm talking about. And again, just getting in your body and just feeling about it rather than trying to analyze it, rather than trying to explain it away. My third tip as we're dealing with fear is about embracing it. Because honestly, it's not fear that's holding you back. It's you that's holding you back. And you're placing the blame on fear for that. You're using fear as the crutch to say, well, this is why I'm not doing that. And it may very likely be subconscious and you're not really analyzing that. But at the end of the day, fear is not holding you back. Fear is not the thing that is making it why you can't do things. It's you rationalizing the fear. It's you having the thoughts about the fear. Because people do things fearful all the time. I mean, that's the great example about reading Kristen Omer's book is, you know, she was an extreme skier. She talks about a lot of the trips that she took down some really dangerous places. And so you can do things afraid. And I'm not saying, again, push through it, ignore it, suppress it. But I'm saying that you can feel the fear. You can know that it's normal and you can actually use it to get in a flow state. And so that'll be another solo cast for another day about how to get into flow. But I'm so glad to talk about fear. It's something that is so perpetual in our culture that doesn't need to be taboo. And it doesn't really even need to be hard. We just got to do these kind of these steps that I laid out for you today. So I hope that was super helpful. I hope you enjoyed solo cast on fear. Let me know. Let me know what other topics you want to do. Some that I'm thinking for for the future right now as far as solo casts is, you know, what's the difference between hustle culture and working towards achieving your goals? Because there is a difference. How scarcity can lead to burnout. Different types of burnout and how burnout destroyed my belief systems. And busy and tired of the alpha achiever when you're doing too much and you're fearful of slowing down, and also maybe a topic on the perfectionistic procrastination cycle. Another great topic that we talk about in Burned Out to Badass. So again, if this is something that's interesting to you, these are all topics that we talk about in the group course, Burned Out to Badass. It's stuff that I love to coach around. It's where I've really delved into with coaching, and I think it's pretty stinking awesome. So remember, your life, your calling, Your Pulse Matters. Want to see what it's like to hang out in a group with me? To catch me live, in person, and around all the other amazing women who listen to this podcast? Well, I want to invite you to our monthly free, totally free, masterclass that happens the last Sunday of every single month at 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. So much fun, so much collective goodness all in one place. We're still doing the Be Happy Now series. And so I break down a topic each month that will help propel you into living a life where you can be freaking happy now. So if interested, jump on the website, burntouttobadass.com and sign up for this next month's masterclass. I can't wait to see you there.
liquid limbs and heavy lids. One, two, three.